Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's gonna hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's gonna make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. So scared of the Labour government you crashed the pound? That's nothing. I was so scared I crashed my car. The fact I had been drinking had nothing to do with it. I'm Harriet Langley Swindon and this is Non-Censored. Well, Martin, lot, lots to be talking about this week. Everyone's really in a tiz, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. The uh, the pounds down, the uh, the, the labour rights are up. Uh, it's all changed. It's all changed. It is. It's, it's, it's all changed, but not necessarily bad, as I think we will show in this podcast. For new listeners, this is the highlights of my very popular, uh, very real radio show. Unfortunately, we, we did have to cut a few things. We... Uh, Liz Truss um, came on for an interview, but unfortunately, the the, the pauses between the questions got so big, uh, uh, Martin uh, didn't realise she was still on air and uh, cut it and uh, we we lost her. We lost her, unfortunately. Um, Actually, Martin, this is crazy, but I mean, we are friends with her. Should we we just give her a call now? Well, I mean, friends is a very strong word, but yeah, yeah, sure, we we can give it a try. Um, uh, well, hello, this is your Prime Minister, Liz Truss. I can't come to the phone right now as I've set up a bunch of softball local radio interviews for my big comeback. And anyway, it's Putin's fault, all of this, so just leave a message. And if I can work out how to use a phone, I'll get back to you. Um... Beep. Oh, okay. Um, well, we'll we'll try that again next week. First up, we had Siobhan Connery from the Telegraph. Uh, we discussed the mini budget and why the tanking of the pound and supposed economic meltdown is actually absolutely fine. Now, Siobhan, the mini budget. I thought it had a lot to recommend it, uh, you know, keep the wealthy happy, keep the country happy. Yet it does seem to have coincided with the markets going into turmoil. What What's going on here? Is this just an unlucky coincidence? Can you please put our minds at rest? I think it's quite obvious what's happened here right. is that we have reached a point now where we know that a lot of polling companies cannot be trusted. We know the way that they work and they are making it look like the next election might not be winnable for the Conservatives. And as a result of that, like, obviously, 
obviously that is having a negative effect on the market. Well, so so, uh, so this, I'm, I'm going to stop you there. So, so it sort of triggered a, a fear in people that Keir Starmer oh, it could, could in two I years. Mean, would you trust him? Would you no, trust him with no. anything? No, I wouldn't. Well, exactly. exactly. But it is, I mean, it is uh, two years away though, isn't it? That possibility. Yeah, but how long is two years these days? That's very I mean, true. That is that's, very true. What you've got to remember is that a lot of these people who are working in uh, banking are playing almost like a four-dimensional chess. These are people who are dealing with the futures markets. They are already at the election. Yeah. They already know whether or not the election has been won, and they are basing their financial decisions on that. And so, you know, what we have seen here from uh, the Prime Minister and the, the Chancellor is a fantastic manoeuvre, because obviously the best way to go and head off a recession is to go and encourage spending by the right people not the wrong people this is this is a thing that i think a lot of people don't understand because obviously we've had this uh, terrible uh, amount of inflation that's been caused by the war in in oh in right so that that and is that's the yes the war the, yeah the war in you yes because that has uh, gone and affected all sorts of things from energy prices to uh, to the to the run on the pound uh, in in all sorts of ways, um, and uh, so what we're seeing here is that uh, the best way to go and head off this recession is to go and uh, cut taxes to to the people who are at the top of the mm. economy. Because uh, if you go and it, it's like when you're watering plants, if you go and put water on the top of them, it will eventually fall down into the ah. Then you're talking needed. about, of course, trickle down economics, which of course there's been some controversy around. Yes, which is absolutely because, of course, obviously, what they want is a bigger pie uh, i don't know how pies trickle down but well there's the, the you know the pie, they make crumbs the don't they the bigger the pie the more the crumbs and then they sort of come off the table uh, and then the little mice can eat it and i think in in this analogy those who aren't sort of uh, talented enough to earn over one hundred fifty thousand. Are, are the little mice, you know? Well, yes, this is, and, and of course, you know, uh, obviously, like, if, if people really are worried about the, the prices of these things going up, they should really just earn more. Mm. So, um, Siobhan, the, the pound the pound has yes. dropped in value. Uh, it's all everyone is getting all a flutter about this. But is it is it a bad thing? Is this such a bad thing? I mean, it's not a bad thing for me. I get paid in dollars. Right. But one of the great things about it is that uh, a lot of the things that we own, a lot of the things that we as a country own, are uh, we we own a lot of American assets. Mm. We own a lot of things in a lot of shares in in companies that are based over there. A lot of our assets that we have on our asset books are uh, American debt. So uh, as a result of that, we've actually gone and made quite a substantial amount of money in the last couple of weeks. This has been an incredible good thing. Obviously, anyone who hasn't gone and changed any of their money back since they've come back from their last little holiday to, uh, I don't know where these people go, Disneyland? Yeah, I think it is Disneyland, yes. Whatever it is, if they've managed to come back and and haven't changed their money back, then they will, obviously, they will be a lot better off now than they were. Oh, so so people who've who've come back from holiday could really profit from this? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Anybody who's been on holiday in the last couple of weeks getting, you know, a nice cheap deal at the end of the summer will be uh, very happy to come back, knowing that the dollar in their pockets will go a lot further. But on the whole, isn't it going to make things more expensive for everyone with the with a fallen pound? Well, you can say that, but then, you know, you've got to have a look at some of the other currencies, which have, have done, other currencies have fa- fared a lot worse than ours. Yeah. Uh, Madagascar, for example, they're doing a lot worse than we are right now. Um, are they? People don't talk about that. 
No. no, they don't. They only like the cartoon yeah. films and uh, they don't really think about very many other things. I mean, vanilla pods, I suspect. But yeah, other than Madagascar, there's, um, um, well, there's Madagascar. Well, Madagascar, which is a really, obvious. no, that's, I think that's enough. And that's, you know, that's quite a substantial country. I mean, and when you look at them, they are also an island just off the coast of a continent and they are roughly the same size. Very similar. So, yeah. So yeah, we are, we're do, I mean, I so think that's what maybe they should put that out as a as a party line. You are we are doing better than Mad- Madagascar, and then yeah, specify we, and that we it's the, the country not directly. Com- I mean, we're certainly doing better than the, the than the film series. I don't think they've had a hit in at least five years. Again, that's really really good to know, isn't it? I think people should talk about that. I mean, I don't think I even saw Madagascar three. Uh, now, Siobhan, I understand we're buying guilt. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought we were a Protestant country it sounds a very catholic thing to do what what is going on there this is quite a common misunderstanding mm. um guilts are uh, bonds uh? which are uh, yes uh, it's, it's the british word for bonds they're called that because they have nice guilt edging because uh we certainly know how to make our debt look attractive and uh whenever our government needs any money they say to the bank of england can we have some money and the bank of england says no harm fam here you go here's some money and uh, they then go and generate an amount of guilts uh which can then be sold which are then bought by insurance companies and pensions companies and then interest is paid out on those and that helps to generate uh income for people who for our pensioners for our older people they are nice safe low risk low yield uh, investment vehicles which is absolutely fantastic uh, and because the bank of england has created those they are absolutely within their rights to buy them back and then charge themselves interest on them which means that they won't be able to put the interest rates up too much because although they will get paid more, they then won't earn as much. But uh, so you see, it's all very, very good for the Sounds economy. Great it's for it's the very economy, simple. Yes. And, and why don't they just always do it? It's what I want to know. I mean, obviously, what you would imagine is, and this is very left wing thinking, is that you could possibly go out there and just go and just create massive amounts of money and then have the bank buy them back. Uh, and then charge itself a small amount of interest just by making sure that taxes are used to go and take money out of the economy to go and bring inflation down uh, so that they could go and actually go and really put up public spending without causing too much inflation so that we could as a country have a lot of very nice things without actually having to tax people all that much. But then what kind of world would that be? I know, exactly. That would be one where people would not feel the need to go out. And if you start putting people into situations like that, they then just don't want to work. And, you know, without work, where would we be? Where we'd be Madagascar. Now, things got a bit personal with Ishan Akbar in this week's Hot and Spicy Takeaway of the Week, didn't it, Martin? Well, that seems to be a common theme. That certainly does. I mean, he's a great comedian I like his work, but sometimes he goes a little far. He gets a bit hysterical, doesn't he? Yes, and and now he was bringing it to the workplace, you know? I mean, trying to change things up in in, in the order that we have well established at the studio. Yes, just not on. We we talked Ishan, uh, he wanted to have a new job title. Um, take a listen, but if you can think of a better one, please do email us at nonsensoredpodcast at gmail.com with your suggestions. That's nonsensoredpodcast at gmail.com.
Ishan Akbar. We are, we're not in the studio. We're actually in uh, producer Martin's house. Bit of fun. <laughs> Bit of fun. I've, I've been here before. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's not talk about that. Now, Ishan, let's get down to business. What is your hot and spicy takeaway of the week? Well, inspired by the rapper, musician, artist, social campaigner, justice warrior, Stormzy. Ah. Uh, Who's who's that? Shut up. What? Shut up. It's a bit rude. No, no, no I think it's... I haven't even started to sing. I mean, we've... You've never done that before. I mean, we've started to talk and I thought we were friends. I just don't understand why you're trying to censor me. It's a song called Shut Up. Anyway, shut up. So... Stormzy has been uh, appointed Diversity Champion. Oh, well done. At the AIM Awards uh, because of his work with his charities, Murky Foundation and Murky Books. Murky Foundation? Murky. That's Murky, bruv. Oh, right. Yes, very murky. Smirky. No, murky. 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 Hashtag murky. Murky, like, oh, that, that's a bit dodgy. No, no. Like, oh, there's murky something in sick. untoward going on murky there. Murky as in wicked, bruv. Waded into a swamp. That's murk. And then right. take, taken home man got murked. Right. So, so, man, so man, li- man like know. Martin got murked when I met Jane. Well, this seems very confrontational. I'm not, not well, really what sure. What voice are you doing there? My, my own. Anyway, so, as... Stormzy was appointed diversity champion. He made the following statement, which is, uh, I encourage everyone in the room today to not just use diversity as a buzzword. And my hot and spicy takeaway of the week is this. I believe that on this show, yes. I, oh. Ishan Akbar, have been used as a buzzword. Wow. Uh, that is... What? Wow. I don't know wow. what that means. Sorry, first you tell me to shut up and now no. you're accusing me of using you as a buzzword. Yes, because you've appointed me as the... Diversity hire. Yeah, I mean, diverse, correspondent. Diversity correspondent. correspondent. And you know what? Yeah. Having listened to what Stormzy had to say at this awards, mm-hmm. I'm minded to agree with him that actually calling me the diversity correspondent is somewhat demeaning. It just limits my role to one particular thing, to talk just about things that are diverse, such as ethnicity and nothing else. Ishan, I'm going to stop you there. Yes. If we didn't you know, announced to our viewers yes. that you were, as well our listeners, that yes. you are diversity hire yes. correspondent. Yes. Um, how would people know that you're not white? Uh, well, they would know by the virtue of my views and my opinions. So you're, you're, you're saying... His name you're, also My name sound. is... But, I mean, sounds what? To, so, so, well, sounds no, what just it's, it, it's more f- f- fruity. It's, a it's, fruity it's, name? I mean, fruity. by which, I mean... It's, fruity name. It's, there's, there's a degree of... Um, the well, sounds and smells of 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 the. Can you uh, describe the, the sounds and the smells, please? The, no, it's it's more of a. Describe the smell of the flavor. east. Um, like. Look, I'm not doing a very good job of explaining. What I'm trying to say is that the he's name. He's a fruity. Is he's a got a fruity very, tropical no, it's name. It's a strong name and one that you know you just don't hear enough. But this is interesting because because Ishan was saying that people would know uh, that he's not white because of yes. his his opinions. Yes. Now Ishan, what haven't you before? You've got all all angry and said, "Oh, that people shouldn't it, it's be assumed angry, to it's have passionate. It's have passionate. this have this opinion because they're uh, of an ethnic minority." Yes. So surely, if our viewers, our listeners, are as open minded as I know they are, mm-hmm. they don't hear color. They, no, no, of course, yes. So they don't. I don't they, sound they just, like a color. They just hear the opinions. But it's interesting. You're now you're trying to put us into colors, aren't you? 
Uh, well, and you're saying that we use you as a buzzword. Well, you definitely do use me as a buzzword. And this is the thing. If I am talking about colours, it's because I've been institutionalised into believing that this is what is important. And actually, I what I'm proposing in my hot and spicy takeaway is I am no longer the diversity correspondent, what? but perhaps be given a better title. Diversity without higher? the word diversity. Okay. Without the word diversity. So I think uh, so that it, so that so you can maintain column, your commitment to representing correspondent the of world. color, a cock. I mean, why not? We no, don't always have to use why that acronym. If you I don't feel want like that's to. the that's the thing people will think of. They'll think correspondent of color. Oh, he's he's their cock. Well, I don't I mean, know if I'm not I like sure that. If we're so allowed much. to say that, to be honest, um, I'm going to have to check with the guidelines. But no, no, I'm just saying the acronym C O C cock. Well, is, is it any buzzword? What about chief editor? Because a producer would report to a chief editor. Well, I mean, ed- editor at large. My, sorry, my size has nothing to do with this. Well, um, how about a sort of a roaming correspondent? You could be mm. out on the road Ooh, all the lovely. time. That'd be nice. You lots of travel and just anything that just sort of keeps you away from you know London, boring old London and Berkhamsted as well. You know, you don't, you... you don't want to be around here all the time. Are you, you asking be... me to leave the? Sissy. No, no, I'm No, saying... he's asking you to roam. Oh, if, if I could roam, that'd be what a. Why, well, you, you were in the queue last week. We sent you to roam. I think you're better off roaming than I am. No, 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 no. I, I think mean... it's oh, better. Actually, Martin, should we do that? Do you, do yeah, you want to I be think more... you're better off roaming than Leave, I am. Leaving the house more I'm not going back out. in the queue. I think, well, yeah, but I think it's. You were pretty. You were, you were fine you were, when you did very, it. We could send you, very we good. Could send you up north no, next yeah. week. Fine. Talk to the northerners. We haven't heard from them in a while. We need to get their opinion on something. Yeah. I've got a lot of paperwork to get through. We can do it on the train. I mean, trains are very good for doing paperwork. Do it in a northern pub. We, we, we were talking about Ishan, I think. Why don't we just call you a correspondent? friend of the show. That's fewer words. That's fewer words in the job title, so it's hot, less responsibility. Hot and spicy vendor. The takeaway man. No, oh. that's... No, I... Wow. This, I mean, like, yeah, because... That's quite good, actually. Well, no, Martin, I think, well done. No. The, take, the takeaway so, man. No, sometimes I do features called, is it woke? Is it woke? Is it woke? So, so the, the woke, the woke uh, police. Police, no, I don't want no, to No, no, okay. No. The woke warrior. Woke Ooh. warrior. No, I'm not woke, though. No, the anti-woke No, warrior. I'm not anti-woke either. The, I'm just um, I think editor, editor is best. The editor of colour. Why does of colour have to feature at all? Because I'm not of colour. I'm, like, no, I'm but, not a colour. No, listen, it's just about uh, I just, knowing people knowing that we are filling our quota. Har- Har- well, this is exactly what Stormzy was talking about, Harriet. I'm trying to help you here, which is Edit- we're not quotas. I'm trying to help you showcase to the world that you okay, actually do okay, care what about, about. We this. don't mention. We don't mention. We say. We say editor who fulfills the quota. I don't think you should say the word quota. I actually prefer takeaway man. Well, well, I mean, it's not a buzzword. Could, that's for maybe sure. Maybe we could do a public vote if you write in uh, nonsensedpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, please give Just me a new job what, title. What his new job title be? Could be takeaway man. Editor that fulfills the quota. Or, or just editor. Senior editor. Just Admiral my job title. Akbar. That sounds like a trap. Now, obviously, we don't really want to talk about socialists, but as we have been saying throughout the show, there's a very real chance that in the next election, we could fall into the grip of communism. 
We had Tim Dalton from the in-house magazine of the extreme left, the New Statesman in, who was on hand to explain what is really going on at the Labour conference. And honestly, what we heard was just chilling. Tim Dalton, now you've you've had a week, there's been a lot going on, but you, you've been at the Labour conference. I have indeed, and it's been uh, it's been a fascinating week at the Labour Party conference up in yes. Liverpool, and it's been a week which has just reminded everybody that the Labour Party now is undoubtedly a broad church. Great, because I wanted to get to this because there's been a bit of debate. Has it been taken over by the right of Labour? Have they purged the left? But you think it is, it's a broad church. It is, but what I think you've got to remember is that in broadening a church, some things have to slightly give way. Yes. So there's very much been a sort of move to, um, you know, in the way that they're now playing the national anthem at the party conference and there's a tribute to the Queen. That's obviously broadening the sort of, the towards the right of the church so that would be i don't know the transept the chapel maybe even making the vestry a bit bigger that sort of thing but if you're going to do that you're going to leave some things out your universal basic income your nationalization your electoral reform that's all the stuff that's in the narthex and that's just got to give way what you've got to remember is during the jeremy corbyn years he moved the church out into, let's say, the car park. The Labour Party have to consider moving out of the car park and looking to the other side of the church, working with businesses, changing selection rules, bringing in a public authority accountability bill. And if you're doing that, then what Keir Starmer is basically saying, I'm slamming in more pews to look at my enormous chapel. And if that means that we lose the narthex, then so be it. Right. Um, now, now, it's good that this is much more technical than I realised. Um Sorry, what was happening in the car park? In the car park. So the car park, that's where previously you'd have put your nationalisation and your universal basic income. And that's the direction that Jeremy Corbyn was moving the church in. So, you know, what Jeremy Corbyn was doing, he was spending a lot of time in the porch, in the lobby. Basically, he's there with his candles and his newsletters and where you pick up your hymn books. Um, And Keir Starmer is about going, do you know what? We can make that bit smaller if we've got an absolutely massive presbytery. Tim, Tim, I I have to ask, um, do you think this will help grow the congregation? I mean, has the fonts got any bigger? Are there more babies coming in to the chapel? I think that's a really good question. I think what you, the way to think of it is under Corbyn, what we had was we had an average-sized church that was busy every week. But under Starmer, you're going to get a massive church with a huge nave, with a big transept, a smaller congregation, perhaps, but a lot of space for Christmas Day slash Election Day. That sounds lovely. So Keir Starmer is is effectively a sort of vicar, and Jeremy Corbyn was a sort of uh, bad vicar uh, who was... Just hovering round the doorway. I don't think any like lighting sexy, candles. I think it's important. The, the sexy priest from uh, Fleabag, maybe. Yeah, like the sexy priest from Fleabag. I don't think anyone in the Labour Party would want to call Jeremy Corbyn a bad vicar. Um, to be honest, under the current regime, right. I don't think they'd want to call him a sexy b- b- vicar from Fleabag either. I think what um, you've got with Jeremy Corbyn is a guy who we're happy to have knocking around, but he's probably now hanging out in the crypt. Are there any uh, special events coming up that you can see? I remember when I went to church as a child, they, we had Chris Stingles. 
they were oranges that had sort of cloves and some sweets sort of pushed into them. Is that something that the Labour Party might be considering? I think the Labour Party needs to make the most of anything that will bring people to the new broad church. So I would call support for NATO Labour's new Christingle. I would say working with business, the Uh, new Easter. I would say the change in selection rules. I I think that's maybe a harvest service. Oh, I love a harvest. Yes. I I mean, the thing is that they, and, and they are, you know, they are still, they are still very left. I mean, you know, they've still got left wing policies like not wanting to crash the pound. Yeah, I think there's a, you know, I think Labour is one of those organisations now that is looking to um, capitalise on the fact that Liz Truss is not in the party, which is something that the Conservative Mm. Party can't say, and that Lib Dems, even 20, 30 years later, are still going to have to try and shake off. Yes. I mean, also, Liz Liz Truss in a church, uh, to me, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound right. I don't know if she'd be a good singer. She'd probably be one of those singers who sing a bit loud and out of key. You're a bit embarrassed to be sort of sat next to her. You know, those kind of things. She's just, it's not, it's not for her, is it, Churches? Well, I mean, I don't want to. Is she put some money in the collection plate or is she just going to trash the plate to the floor? I don't mm-hmm. want to speak out of turn, but as a journalist, let's just say that hearing the isolated microphones during the Queen's funeral really showed up some appalling work in the uh, singing quarters. So, Tim, the polls put Labour 30 points ahead, one put it 20 points ahead, though though also one, one put it four points ahead. What's what's going on here? Can you clear this all up for us? It's very difficult to say. I think Keir Starmer has had a good week, whether that's because of his policies or whether that's because he's not Liz Truss. It's right now very hard to say. But in terms of where the Labour Party is, as a great man once said, we're all right, we're all right, we're all right. Uh, what, sorry, what, what, great ma- what great man was that, Tim? Uh, Neil Kinnock. We don't talk about him much these days. Now, our special guest this week was the comedian Stuart Lee, wasn't it, Martin? Oh, yes, absolutely. A wonderful chap. Uh, I think he enjoyed his time with us, too. I think he had a great time. Uh, Tornado, his latest show, is now available on iPlayer, along with Snowflake, Don't Get Misled by the Title. Um, I did, and I was quite upset. You can also see Stuart Lee at Leicester Square Theatre in his show, basically, and then it's touring throughout the UK next year. Let's take a listen. Stuart Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, so, so, so for those of you who don't uh, know of Stuart Lee, he is uh, known as the comedian's comedian, um, sort of uh, angry man telling it to the establishment and the public. Uh, would you say that's a fair assessment? Well, I, I mean, I kind of think whatever whatever people want to say, you, you hope that they come to the shows and then make what they what, make what they will of it. And I've got used to being described in so many different ways. I don't. I mean, I mean, what what is the establishment? though? that would be my question. Well, I think it's the ever growing grip of the the woke left. Yeah, that's sort of seeping into our schools. You know, our, our media, our swimming pools. Yeah. 
and our playground. Well, I, but I am from the woke left, and I've been on TV once in the last five years. So, so, so really, you feel you think? I mean, it's not doesn't really. I you know, I'm I'm trying. I try to be woke. Yeah, I think it's a good thing, and um, that's why I came on this. I thought it'd be a chance to spread the gospel of wokeness, and whenever I could get an opportunity to do that. But because I am woke, it's very difficult for me to be to be able to do that. You're not, you know, you're not really given a platform. So you're the establishment speaking to the establishment, well, uh, but only getting only getting one giga every five. Every years, yeah. Years. Well, no, but the establishment. I mean, you know, the, the establishment the, is, is basically not, the government. The, the government's well. not woke, is it? The government isn't isn't woke. We're not got a woke government, no, and they're in charge. No, but they're you know they're fighting a, a losing battle. I'd say against against the woke. I mean, they couldn't keep the statues up, could they? For starters, well, only one went down, didn't it? Well, no, no, two. Was it two? What it was, was the second two. one that went down? Robert Milligan. Where's that? That was in the Isle of Dogs. <laughs> was it? Yes. Oh, it yeah, was. that was there was a second one that went yes, down. Yes, it was a second one that went down. Yeah, and was it been actually destroyed or put in a museum or something? I, same thing. What? Put in a museum? Yeah. And that's not you can contextualise it. I mean, I, I, you know what? I was in Bristol recently, and I walked past where the Brist, Bristol statue used to stand, and I felt nothing but empty. Uh, no, I felt unalloyed happiness, and I stood there smiling at it at, with joy. It was the happiest I've felt for ten or fifteen years. I think I don't really feel happy very often because all the things that I stand for are continually defeated. I walked past that empty space, and I felt joy, and I felt a feeling that a, a sort of toxic thing had been removed. And I like the fact that it was in the museum, but that empty space that spoke to me about progress and a. a a victory for for sanity and reparations and, a, and, and you know the empty space was more powerful than any physical object this is actually making me think that maybe we should bring back our um statue watch that we we ran when we did have um, a statue, statue watch, watch right right making sure well, that we've disbanded it now were. because nothing was going on no, no well they weren't they weren't enough stat- you know you people like to talk about the statues being taken down all the time but we were struggling to think what they are there's really only two you know there was a statue of uh, jimmy savile in a shopping center in um in, in Glasgow, that was taken down, but you support that's, that. Yeah, presumably. of course, that's fine, but that's not yeah. history, is it? That's Jimmy Savile. That's well, a paedoph- it's paedophile or history. Well, that's, and that's actually another section that we used to run. Okay, well, when does history start? Oh, I'd say probably from the the, uh, the World War World War Two. Mm. World War II Everything back. before that is history. Everything before that's history. And after that, it's, it's paedophilia, really. After it's paedophiles, yes. Right. Yes. And, you know, and, and to be fair on paedophiles, some of them are great mm, artists. I don't yeah. think we need to be... So what do you do with a pe- like there's there's a pedophile done a wonderful statue outside the BBC. Yeah. Yes. Really wonderful. No one should take that down. No. It's well, art. but well, actually, I was looking at it the other day. That's Eric Gill. I yes. really love Eric Gill's work and I dislike Eric Gill as a person. He also molested his dog. Did you know that? No, I didn't no, know that. Yeah. No, yeah. But, um, but the statue's there now, and it's quite badly damaged, because a man climbed up it, didn't he, with a sign on which he'd misspelt the word paedophile and, um, and attacked it with a chisel. So now it's there, and it's all damaged. The penis has been chiselled off, ironically. Mm. And it plays, you've kind of got the statue still there, but also the jarring reminder of Gill's own crimes. And I think that's sort of ideal, in a way. The statue's still there, but damaged. That might have been better in, um, in Bristol, if they'd left the statue up, or broken some of its arms off or something. You're, you're ruining Heart, aren't you? And also, yeah. he wasn't just a slave trader, uh, Colston. He, yeah. you know, he was a philanthropist, and he to some to some to, people, to, well, to many people. Yeah, yeah. And and he he also he did a lot for the city of Bristol, and put a lot of money into Bristol. And so now no one knows that. That's all gone. Maybe it doesn't go far enough. I mean, maybe what we need to see is Bristol itself removed. 
maybe the city itself is so stained by that history it needs to be removed entirely or renamed or just something. But See, I mean, this is, this is the problem, you know, isn't it? I yeah. mean, people like you, you come on and you, you literally want to erase large swaths of of Britain. Yeah, or maybe the statue of Jimmy Savile that was taken down in Glasgow should be put up on that plinth in Bristol. No, to, no. Listen, Jimmy uh, Savile, as I say, it's not history. It's it's beautiful. Um, now, Stuart, un- unlike other comedians, you often criticise other comedians. Uh, thank you for that. You know, someone has to, to tell them that they're dreadful. But do you think that they have the right to do bad comedy? Well, f- uh, right. First of all, I don't. I don't really. I don't. I don't really criticise other comedians. I, I sort of do little parodies of their work in my act, which normally suggests that I spent a lot of time watching them. Some of the people I've been accused of hating, I really like, like Noel Fielding, for example. But do they have the right to do bad comedy? I suppose. I mean, well, they do have the right. If the, I suppose it's a free market, isn't it? Yes, you let the market decide. You know, yeah. and the market has decided to, that Ricky Gervais is good, and that you know, so you can't really, you can't really stop it, and you shouldn't be able to. Do you want to call out anyone in particular in this interview now? No, not really. I thought. I, well, I've got, I've got um, a tour that's starting, and my uh, last special's knocking about on the uh, iPlayer for the BBC. So I was, I was assumed. When I got the call to come in, so I assumed it would be just people saying, oh, we've watched it, it's great, you're the best, how can people see it? And then I find I'm in this complex web of interrogation. Yeah, no one's done that. But you can you can talk about it if you want, mm. um, but maybe maybe mention your tour and then call someone out. Okay, well, um, I've got a tour that's on till uh, April 2024. Right, it's long, called, long yeah, it's going to be really difficult holding the material together because I don't think the jokes that I've written about the government this week will be relevant by Christmas uh, and I've got th- two things knocking about on the iPlayer of stand-up specials do I want to call anyone out? Yes no, I'm, I'm... Rylan Anton Deck I wrote a sitcom pilot for Anton Deck once Did you? Yeah the idea was that they were lighthouse keepers and once a week uh, Cat Dealey would come across in a rowing boat with supplies for them and that was it and they turned that down and decided to do a reboot of The Likely Lads instead Wow. It would have been great, wouldn't yeah, it? That would have, that I would have, that, I, yeah. I think everyone would have enjoyed yeah, that. It would have moved them into more avant-garde territory yeah. as well. Could, yeah. could, could be looking a very different Anton Deck. Yeah, yeah. Anton Deck is sort of Paquettian figures. So but. that's good. So you've called out Anton Deck. Yeah. Um, well, for their cowardice in doing the Lightly Lads instead. Now, you talk about the government. So what do, what do you make of Liz Truss? She's only been in, in power three weeks. Well, I think the most uh, surprising thing she's managed to do is to radicalise the Royal Society for Protection of Birds. Have you followed that story? No, I haven't. Okay, well, I bet a lot of your listeners are probably in the RSPB, aren't they? Probably. And the RSPB have issued a statement calling for their members to basically rise up against the Liz Trust government because of Kwasi Kwarteng's enterprise zones that have lifted all restrictions on wilderness building in, building on, on, on the countryside. And I, think you, I think you know that a government is in trouble if it's managed to get the RSPB to send out an urgent message to members saying they have to resist the government. Yes, that's quite, that's quite that big, isn't quite it? Well, right? I bet there was loads Loads of people that listen to this who are like nice little people that listen to you and they think, oh, I'm in the RSPB. I like birds. I'm also a Tory voter. But what do I like most of all? Birds or the Tory party? And it's oh, probably going to be birds. Real Sophie's choice there, head. birds yeah. or Tory party. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I would have to make that decision. You can have a Labour government yes. and birds. Oh, or a Tory no, government I, and no thank birds. Thank you, that makes it much, much easier. Tory, Tory government, no birds. Ah. Tory government and no, no birds. birds. No there's other birds. animals, isn't there? There's, well, I mean, I think there's insects, dogs, there's cats. would have a field day, um, insects, they'd be everywhere. And probably other animals would evolve. You're pinning your hopes on a new animal evolving. You know, the problem is, if you've got a Labour government, we'd be looking at economic destruction, for starters. So at least, you know, we won't have the birds, but we will pull Britain out of... 
Okay, um, if you if you if you if you're you're choosing a conservative government and no birds, yeah. you're hoping a new animal will evolve to fill the space Ballet, created by birds. This has been what, a difficult de- decision for me. Would this animal fly? Yes. yes, of course it would fly. So it would be a kind of bird then. Yeah, it but, wouldn't be a bird. It'd be fly? a flying cat. <laughs> will it glide on skin flaps, or will it have wings? Oh, like a bat. I'm not a scientist. I'm yeah, but, not a scientist. But if I was, if you're really going to push me on this. Yeah. I do stick by that. You would get animals that would evolve. <laughs> Sometimes with dogs, when they jump, they, they, they could jump high. Some of them have got really flappy big ears. ears. Very big ears. They could use that. So suddenly you've got flying dogs, which actually would be quite nice. Yeah, but something probably won't evolve yeah. that quickly. And also, if it evolves to the point where it's technically a bird, then the RSPB have already told you that the birds' habitats are being destroyed. So you're, yeah. you're, so you're pinning your hopes on the, on the evolution of yes. a new kind of bird, yes. which will then not be able to thrive anyway because its habitats have been destroyed by Quasi Quartang's free enterprise zones. it's a flying dog, it'll know how to uh, you know, be flying amongst the, sort of the rubbish. and it, it, it will be flying amongst the rubbish. What do you mean? Well, there's sort of... Rubbish that's blowing around in the wind. Rubbish, because, you know, the the problem is because Europe has kind of really put put England under a lot of pressure. So there's all these lorries that are coming into our country because uh, Europe is like, no, you can't come in because we want to teach Britain a lesson. And they are pooing in hedges. They're leaving rubbish. Awful. You mean in Kent? In Kent. Yeah, yeah. Awful, but does provide a good habitation... Which flying dogs can evolve and prosper? You're saying one of the byproducts of Brexit is that pens will be so full of excrement that it will become a kind of strange, like a wilderness experiment where new kinds of creatures can evolve that can fly to replace the birds. It's beautiful, isn't it? I think because feces is 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 very good for for soil, uh, for everything. So although initially it can be quite disgusting, actually the earth is a very new bile uh, thing so it, it, it evolves and Kent is the starting ground the, the crucible it is the crucible of feces yes yeah they, yes. they should have painted Thanks. that on the side of a bus. Yeah, yeah. But do you know yeah. what it's or actually... Or as you good... drive through the border into Kent. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you make a good point, because this is actually an, a good analogy, because looking at Brexit itself, people look at it and they go, oh, what a load of absolute shit. Everything's going wrong. No one will trade with us. Prices have gone up. There's queues of lorries. But actually, they're missing the bigger picture. Which is... In that this is a new, evolving world. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to have heap a lot of shit on something yeah. for other things to grow. And for dogs to fly. Yeah, so what you're saying is we've lost the Erasmus programme, we've lost the ability for groups to tour yes. abroad, we've lost thirds of our export yes. market, but look at this dog, it might fly one day. Can I say, but what right. I do is I look at the bigger picture, okay? I don't look at what's happening now. That's the thing, Liz Truss is getting in so much trouble because the, the, the pound has tanked, but she's looking at the bigger picture, and she's going to help the economy and help people through the winter. And that's what I'm doing. I'm looking at the bigger picture. So I'm going, yes, OK, all these things are happening. They admittedly look bad, but they're not going to be bad. They're just the beginning. They're just the ashes from which the phoenix of Brexit can rise. Or the flying dog, depending on which which we're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know. I, I have some uh, questions from our listeners, yeah. if, if that's right. So um, you recently got in a bit of trouble, Stuart, for describing Ricky Gervais's comedy drama Afterlife as one of the worst things that's been made by a human. <laughs> okay, so. Well, I try to be as encouraging about people's work as I can. You know, and you look for posit- you look for the most positive thing you can say about something because it's hard to write uh, sitcoms. And I thought, you know, 
you know, I was asked about it by Rob Brydon. Yeah. And I just thought, what can you say that's not unkind about it? And I think that was probably the best the, thing. The pinnacle yeah, of human. You could do, yeah. Well, yeah, well yeah. we've got some um, some things that is a bit of a would you rather game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so would you rather, okay, rewatch all yeah. of Afterlife or witness the arrival of the four horsemen of the apocalypse? <laughs> As they lay waste to mankind and herald in the end times. Well, um, either of those would be uh, enjoyable, but not alone. I think yeah, the fun, you have to have the fun of watching them and being able to make smart comments about it to your friends. And, uh, you know, so that either would be okay in, in, that, in, that, uh, in that respect, depending on who you're with. If you're with someone really funny. Okay. Like if I was with David Baddiel, right, then for example. Be, yeah, either one, either one would be fine. Because I know he could be equally funny about either of those things. And he'd be pointing and going, ah, look at that. And, uh, and then I'd, it Chuck would be really away, good fun. Yeah, both yeah. sort of strapped to what, a horse. What it is, is David, uh, David Baddiel and Jonathan Ross at Jonathan Ross' house. They've allowed me to go around and we're either watching Afterlife or the destruction of the world by the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. And either one would be fun if they were there laughing about it. So it's like it's all, all you need is friends. Yeah, all you need is friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the next option is uh, rewatching Afterlife or spending an afternoon at Alton Towers with James Corden. He's very excited and wants to go on all the rides. Um, and there's a lot riding on it for you. So you have to act like you're what's, into it. Why is there a lot riding on it for me? What power does he have over me? What's he going to do for me? You just what? have to trust what? I need to know. That's the missing information that would swing that. It's pretty big. He could get what? more gigs on the BBC. More gigs. Could he? Yeah. One every three years. He can't do that. I t- I, well, He's got a lot you know of power. What? Alton Towers, that fun, right? Yeah. I think whoever you're with, it's yeah. going to be fun. Oblivion. Right, yeah, it'll be fun. I think ideally, Alton Towers, right, with with James Gordon, but you're on the same um, roller coaster going round and round, and on his phone he's got all th- the s- series of Afterlife, and you watch it as you go round. But instead of the roller coaster car, car yeah. what we're sitting on is one of the Afterlife benches of grief that Netflix paid for to be put round at parks in Britain. And the idea was that if you were sad, you could sit on the grief bench that, so the idea was we, me and James Corden on a grief Netflix yeah. grief bench but the bench is strapped we're strapped to a thing we're watching Afterlife and a, mem- a member of the public is with us who has recently uh, experienced a bereavement <laughs> and they're on, the, they're on the thing and we're watching it as we go around and I think that it's, it's not an either or thing it's not like history or paedophilia mm. it's an either or thing yeah, that it's is both. either or yeah. okay. um, do, you, do you think maybe that's where you're going wrong with Afterlife you need to watch it on a uh, on, yeah. a, on a fairground You need to watch ride. it on a loop whilst yes. looping the loop yes. on something. Yes, yeah, and then yeah, maybe it's yeah. a whole different experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just, uh, 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 there's uh, two more here. Um, you see, see how you feel about them. Uh, you have to be a TikTok influencer for a year, including doing the little dances. Right. Um, you've got to sort of promote products. Uh, oh, and you can't eat anything without taking a video and posting it. Or uh, watch Afterlife. Which, which one is? Um, I would... Uh... It's tricky I, at this point, isn't it? It's strange that you you were more keen to witness that. Martin, you've come up with more hard-hitting questions than I have this interview. <laughs> well, it's all about speaking truth to power. No, it, it is, and we are. We've it's... got the, we've got a member of the woke establishment in the in the studio, and we have to ah. we have to take him to task. An influencer to become yeah, an influencer. Be one for one. I year. don't really know what influencer is. Is there an influencer dance? Is that what you're saying that influencers There's do? A selection of dances. They're the popular. Right. So, if you're an influencer, it means you. Influence. Are you an influencer? Oh, that's very kind of you to say. Some people would argue, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Influences I, it, are usually it, a bit. Bit what? Younger. Do you get paid no, to wear things? Not yet, but I get people 
you know, they, they sort of hint, they hint at me to wear things. Right. Yes. And, I and it's the suggestion that if you wore them, there would be a financial reward. Exactly. Yeah. What sort of things do they hint for you to wear? We've had a selection of hats, hats come through yeah. the post. Well, yeah, a really, really wonderful selection of hats. Um, one uh, very sort of long, tall hat. A top hat. Yeah, top hat. I think being an influencer would be good. But again, I would like it to combine it. I'd like to be the influencer who, whilst wearing a top hat or whatever, yeah. is also watching Afterlife. I'd like to try, try yeah. it all together. Sort of Basically, there's no situation which isn't improved by watching Afterlife, I, I think. think that's yeah. Fair. yeah. If you're an influencer... Are you are you allowed to to be on things like the BBC if you're known to be taking money for promoting hats? Yes, you can. You can still do that. I'm, I'm waiting for the calls from the BBC. I think they're scared of me because you know they are very biased towards the le- you know, the left, yeah. and I'm not. I'm not the left. You know, I'm the sort of you know plucky outsider. Mm. And but I think if maybe if they saw yeah. more of my hat work, they'd get me on Panorama or something like that or Newsnight because. You know they're, they're struggling since the Queen left. War. The, when the Queen reconvened Parliament yeah. after she'd been lied to by Boris Johnson about proroguing it, she very obviously wore an EU hat, didn't she? Do you remember it was a blue hat with yellow stars on it? I think to counteract the fact that Michael Gove had said that she supported leaving the EU, she wasn't allowed to comment on it directly, but she wore a hat to communicate her political beliefs. If you had to wear a hat that communicated your political beliefs, what would it be? Well, firstly, I'd like—I don't think the Queen was doing that. I don't think she knows what she was doing. Bless her. <laughs> I think you think the hat was put on her without her knowing. She can't see what's on her head. Right. She's quite a small little lady, or was, bless her soul. And the best way to take advantage of the Queen, as far as I can see, is to put something on her head. I don't think you should be taking advantage of the Queen. No. But would she? Would she? Luckily, would... Prince Charles, sorry, King Charles is 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 tall. Yeah. And you know, thank God we've got a man in charge there now because they are they are taller. Well, a man who's so tall that his head is likely not likely to be used against his will yes. in order to promote exactly. a particular political point exactly. of view. Exactly. Yeah. And this is the thing, often you know, people go, "Oh, you know, give women more chances." And you go, "But men are taller, and this does give them an, an advantage and also does make them better for leading because no one can put things on their head mm. unless they are taller men." What do you think the, the worst thing politically for this country uh, would be to be put on Prince Charles's head? It well, it sounds saying, to me yeah. from from our previous conversation that that birds are quite a controversial thing now. Yeah. So maybe maybe a little pigeon on his head. Yeah, on his head. And that would be that would be his secret way of signalling that he was against the free enterprise zones that would destroy the habitats of exactly. birds. Yes, exactly. What would you have on your head, Stuart? Oh, what right now? Yes, well, right I now. would I I would have a bird on my head. I would have a chuff. That's and uh, a chuff, what, a chuff, chuff yeah, not a chaff, a That's chuff. Interesting. I would have thought you would have said afterlife. Playing on repeat no, no, on the night. No, I, don't, I, don't, I think that's we had a lot no. of fun, didn't we? Talking about that, but at the end of the day, Stuart's more subtle than that. At the end of the day, you know, I think I, I think that the key to this that's fascinated me about what, what you've said is that yes. offered the choice between the survival of birds and a Labour government. Yes, you would choose a Conservative government, yes, and I, stand I would by wear. That. I, I think I'm going to. I would mm. wear a, a bird on my head as a, as a protest against people like you that value a narrow ideology more uh, as a more more important thing than the survival of a whole type of life well do you know what Stuart that's your right that's your right to do that and I support that I support free speech thank you very much well it's been it's been good talking to you and we've seems to have had a lot more in common than I would ever have thought that's often what happens isn't it it's about finding the common ground which we're all about here in non-censored so thank you for coming on best of luck with I can't remember what you're doing tour 
Oh, show. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm interviewing uh, Ian McShane at the um, Dalston Rio on Halloween. Love Joy. About his uh, 70s horror film, Tam Lin. Wonderful, and wonderful. that's not made up. That's a that's true a, thing. That's a real thing. Yeah. Okay, that's not made up. You can check that out. You can't find Stuart Lee on uh, Twitter because he's not yet an influencer. Thank you very much, Stuart Lee. All right. Well, that was the show, Martin. Oh, yeah, I'm sort of sad that it's over already for another week. I've got to wait another week until I get my fix. Listening it, listening to it back. <laughs> yes, yes, I listen to it back when I'm going to sleep. I just like hearing my own voice. To be honest with you. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, sometimes I switch off at night, and, and there, there you are, still in my ears. <laughs> oh, you lucky man! Please do remember to uh, what, what's all the things, Martin? Like. Oh, um, yes, yes, you should subscribe. definitely subscribe. Um, and why not give us a little review? Give us five stars and a little review. Your little tips, uh, if you've got any improvements that you think... Only you if they're make. nice tips. Not yeah. Nice. I don't think... Don't ask them for improvements, Martin. No, they just write nice things about okay. how great it is. That really helps. You can actually know, you can, you, you, if you've got any improvements for Martin... Well, yes, do write that in in the review, but not no, not not for not for me, not for the show. Okay. Thank you. Well, fair enough. Either way, five stars—that's the number that you want to give. And uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. With thanks to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Ed Morris, Bethany Black, Gareth Grimm, Suze Kempner, and our special guest Stuart Lee. Please join us next week for more nonsensed.